Well, hello everyone. Welcome to or welcome back to our podcast. My name is Chris Jansen, host of The Ignition Show, where our mission is to bring actionable insights and inspirational examples of how to tap deeper into your potential and ignite the flame within you to truly create a remarkable life on your terms. So let's talk about mentoring today. I had a chance to listen to your interview with Jean. Jean Rhodes. Jean yes. Rhodes, yes, yep. about youth mentoring. And honestly, I didn't know what to expect from this interview. But it um, it made me, it literally made me stop and think more than once. And I say that because I was on a walk while listening to it, and it literally made me stop and think more than once. Um, what was what was the biggest aha moment for you during that interview? Yeah, great question. I, I think I, like you, it took me back to some of my, like some of the references I had growing up and, and uh, I wouldn't necessarily at the time say that was my mentor, but it's interesting how quickly, you know, teachers, friends, a family, other adults that we might have quickly come to mind when I was having this conversation. But I think the, I think the one point that really stood out for me was how important it is for kid, a teenager, to have an important relationship with an adult. Besides their parents. Besides their parents or perhaps in, sometimes instead of their parents, right? Um, that it only takes one. You don't, need a, you don't need a village to be your mentors. It takes one that, and, that, and that's the biggest, I guess, according to Gene's research, was the biggest influence on someone really, you know, growing up with a perspective or belief in themselves or developing different skills. Right. How about you? You know, it made me reflect on how lucky I have been in the adults in my life. Mm. And um, probably because, you know, I was involved in sports heavily in, in my teenage years. I know you were as well. And I think I underestimated the role that coaches, that team assistants, that other parents played in my f- development as a person through sports. I I really underestimate that. And, you know, even as you and I were talking in preparation for, for this conversation, I said, you know, you know, I, if, if you asked me, you know, did I have a hero or did I have a mentor growing up? I would have said, no, like, you know, some kids have heroes with, or, um, or famous people, you know, posters on the wall. That was, that was never me. But on reflection, after listening to Jean's, um, Gene's comments about, you know, it only takes one and it, it takes one adult in your life to just have a, take an interest in you. And I wouldn't say that I had one, one adult throughout my childhood or throughout, um, even my teenage years, but I was involved in a lot of sports teams and some coaches I had, um, I did form a closer bond than others. I mean, some, I can't even remember their names or what they look like. And then others, still stand out in my mind. And I was, I was saying to you right before this, before we turned the mic on, you know, I remember one year, my basketball coach happened to be a pastor right? and, you know, we would go on weekend tournaments and, you know, sometimes I would be in the front seat and he'd be driving or he'd be driving me home at, you know, you know, me and some other girls home at the end of a practice. And I remember one conversation and I couldn't tell you if it was on a road trip or he was just driving me across town Um, I remember him asking me about, um, my family's beliefs, like spiritual or religious beliefs. Mm -hmm. And, and it, I think at the time it caught me off guard because we didn't grow up going to church. You know, we, I didn't grow up in a religious family whatsoever. I didn't really even, um, 
realize what spirituality was until I was an adult, you know, but all that to say, clearly that conversation stood out for me. If I can remember it now as an adult, I'm like, oh my goodness. And that was the, that's probably the only conversation I remember having with, with that, with that coach, but it clearly stood, stood out for me. And it, it makes me realize, um, probably, well, it does. It makes me realize how important the conversations I'm having mm. with the youth that I interact with. We live on a, on a street where there are like in a one block street, we have probably 30 kids under the age of 16. Yeah. And it makes me realize how important those conversations are as I take interest or, or don't take interest in these kids. That's a really, really good point. And it, it uh, you know, just as you were talking um, about some of your sports coaches, you know, I'm having flashback memories to being in the van, going to the basketball tournament, right? In grade 10 or whatever it is, getting sitting in the front seat with the coach and you have a different conversation. And I'm rem- literally remembering different conversations with, for me, coaches, sports coaches. We both had a you know healthy uh, upbringing in sports. But a lot of sports, I wouldn't call them mentors, but I probably at some, you know, in some way at the time, I looked up to them because they seem to be a little bit more either interested or engaged or passionate about whatever it could have been. Like I can remember one high school teacher who was, who was a volleyball coach, but he was also the physics teacher. And he seemed pretty bloody uh, passionate about physics. And he made classes interesting, right? So there's probably a, there's an adult who's really engaged in life. And I would, yeah, I probably wouldn't call them mentors, but I might call them role models. And maybe not even at the time. But looking back, I can see that part of my belief system or my perspective on the world and on people was developed by that person or standards of excellence was from that coach. And um, I, yeah, a lot of it you, you I think you do take for granted as a kid, unless it's maybe something a little bit more overt of a relationship or dynamic, um, you know, like Big Brother, Big Sister or some other organizations that we mentioned in the interview. Um and you're right. It's a really good point about us now as full-grown adults and uh, the casual conversations or the nature of the interactions we have with kids on the street. Um, it definitely will make me think about it as well. You know, the other thing that um, this is one of the things that literally stopped me in my tracks as I was listening to the interview is Jean's comment about how socioeconomics plays a role. And it and Jean presented it um, initially as you know, a race divide, you know, a racial divide. And then when I started hearing her talk more about it, I, I started to understand that it was, um, it wasn't purely race. It wasn't, um, you know, cause my mind immediately went to systematic racism that we hear about in the news. And I think that is, um, it's, it's a part of it, but it's not by intention. It's, it's a socioeconomic Yeah issue which skews to certain ethnicities or which absolutely which skews to certain ethnicities um or it can depending on the area that you live in um but all that to say is she was saying you know it's uh lower socioeconomic um communities often you know those kids those um teenagers don't have the same access to positive role models role models or positive influences in the adults in their life. And it made me reflect on my experience growing up. Now, my parents were both professionals in a small town. So oftentimes, not exclusively, but they oftentimes uh, socialized with other professionals in that small town. 
And it made me reflect on how fortunate I was to just by osmosis be exposed to um, to people who were um, striving in life, not just yes. you know, not just surviving. They were striving and thriving in life. And then, of course, it makes me think of you know. And then I had friends whose parents weren't professionals or weren't striving or thriving. And I remember going over to their houses, and yeah, I would play with with my friend, but their parents were busy. You know, they were right. busy working jobs and, or, you know, not just working jobs, but they were working shift work or they were exhausted when they came home or, or they were trying to put food on the table mm. and they were, they, um, they weren't as present. Yes. Now this is a massive generality and this yeah, is just my yeah. experience, but I can imagine that's the case for, in terms of this socioeconomic divide, I can imagine if, you know, you're a single mom working two jobs, trying to make ends meet, you don't have time to one, socialize and have friends over, you know, other adults over to have a positive influence on your kids. And even if your kids did have people over, you'd be exhausted at the end of the day to yeah, have, you don't have the to capacity. To... Exactly. You don't have the capacity. And I remember those, those times and my parents would have both over, you know, my, my dad would have his buddy over to watch football or, you know, watch hockey and they would have a beer. And, um, and I don't think of that person in particular as a mentor, but then they would have other friends over and they would stop and, you know, ask me questions and they were interested mm. in what I was, what I was doing and, you know, things like that. And I remember those interactions. I probably, I still don't think of them as mentors, but now in the context of what Jean was saying, they were absolutely mentors mm. to me and role models and people who took an interest and not just an interest in me, but the questions they were asking made me think that I could be bigger than right. than I was already thinking of myself. Right, right. And and what age was that at? Do you think what age range for you? Like you know, probably between fourteen and eighteen. Yeah, yeah. I've had a I've always had a big belief. I guess maybe, you know, highly skewed by my own experience, but big belief that that window of fourteen to seventeen is when we make a lot of decisions or we start to make gain a perspective about what's possible what we're capable of and how we fit in the bigger picture and for a lot of people they don't shake that they don't they don't evolve beyond that because they lock themselves into a certain certain level of capability so to have adults around you say who make you realize at the time you need to add some outside influence beyond your own conclusion well depending on how socially popular you were or how cool you were or whatever the case may be right um, it's a, it's just, a, it really is a big, big reminder And our little guy still got some years before he, he gets to that point, but we, we certainly know he's listening to everything. Um, but it really does make me, it really does make me think about, you know, it will make me think about how I'm showing up in front of neighbor, neighbors, kids. And you know, that's the biggest exposure now, especially with COVID is what we have in the neighborhood. Um, and, um, yeah, I think the other point that it really, Oh, can I just yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, say yeah. one more thing? What it also made me think of at the very end, I I was of of listening to the interview, I was like, exactly that. How am I showing up for for the youth I interact with? But also, and I don't know, I haven't reconciled this in my brain yet. But it also made me think of okay, so and who are we socializing with that could be a mentor to our little guy, you know? And it made me think of okay, who are we inviting into our home to spend time and to to be an influence. Um, 
whether, you know, not in a formal sense, but who is our little guy being exposed to? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it really made me reflect because my parents had both. They had the people just coming over for, you know, a drink and watch the the ball game, but they also had people coming over for great conversation and, you know, similar interest and thinking bigger about the world. And those were the people that were really positive influences on me and mentors in my life. Um and it makes me think I want more of that for our little guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good point. The other part of the, the interview that I think we both that both made us think a little bit was that um, maybe just breaking breaking down some of the myths of mentoring that it's certainly not all, it's not a formal thing. In fact, the bigger influence is from the informal. Yes, I, wasn't ex- I was not expecting that whatsoever because I've heard of Big Brothers, Big Sisters, uh, other, other organizations like that who are formally pairing youth with with adult mentors and it was interesting to hear Jean's perspective to say that doesn't always um it's not always the best fit mm-hmm. and from now what i gathered was partly because there's there are um different expectations from both sides so sometimes with big brothers big sisters and i'm using that because it's probably the most common one um but sometimes if the child comes from a lower socioeconomic um, family, sometimes the expectation, as Jean was saying, was or is that this formal mentoring would replace therapy or counseling or right. behavioral issues. So they yeah. actually bring the child to this mentoring program thinking that's going to help the behavioral issues. And that's completely unbeknownst to, beknownst to the adults who are coming as a coming in as mentors, not expecting to fix behavioral issues <laughs> exactly. or deal with these deal with these serious issues. Um, and you can totally understand it because it's a free program. It's there's no cost, whereas counseling, therapy, mm-hmm, other things mm-hmm. would incur costs. But because of this big disconnect of expectations, it doesn't always end up um, as positive as just your coach, you know, you coach if you're on the, on the ball team where there are obviously common, common interests that you have, you can talk about. Yeah. You know, I think the, um, the thing that really reinforced for me was, and I forget exactly how Jean described it, but through her research, just identifying like what really makes a great mentor. Like you can look at all the, the skill sets or the attitudes or the perspectives they bring. But at the end of the day, it's, it's really just someone who care, like where the, the individual, the youth in this particular case, feels like they're, they're valued, right? They're special. They're, they're going to get the presence of the attention of the adult in the room, right? And um, in our busy, busy world that we live in, for many of us, you know, connected to devices all the time or whatever the case may be, it's just a reminder of the power of presence, the power of just allowing someone giving someone your time and attention and your space to for them to be and to listen to what they have to say and you don't as a mentor the lesson i took from that is to be a mentor to someone you don't have to have you know profound wisdom or special skills or create special events sometimes you just need to listen and let someone especially if someone's you know challenged in some way or is looking to a mentor because they want some guidance in life that um I think, um, you know, like we often talk about in coaching, we don't, always, we don't have to give them the answers. We just need to ask good questions and let them explore and share some of our perspective at times. But 
um, for me, that was a, just a reminder because it goes into the work that we do, right? When we're helping helping adults in our coaching and our training, that the base of it is is that when people feel when people feel valued, when they feel they they have attention from others, when they have when they're special, they're they're more likely to open up more, and maybe you know, speak more freely or share their opinion more freely, and um, and be okay to be vulnerable, and that's where they probably get their greatest learning. Mm. And what a gift to give a child who um, is finding their way to to create a safe place to be vulnerable and to share and open up, and also to to give them a new perspective on them. You know, because I remember when I was a teenager, I was very much in my lane, especially in a small town. It's and especially twenty years or twenty. <laughs> whoa, I'm dating myself. Um, you know, thirty years ago before the internet. I didn't have the perspective of what was what was out there right. in the world. So for someone to come along and say, you know, actually, you're really good at this. I I don't think you know that, but you're really you have a gift here. Um, that that meant the world to me. Yeah. And um, to give that to to be able to pass that along to other other kids is probably the greatest gift, you know, an adult can give them. It's funny you mention that, or, or what makes makes me total flashback again was. Uh, when I was in grade eight, I I played basketball and I thought I was okay. I didn't think I was anything special, right? But there, I remember there was a teacher at another school, another school, who uh, who commented to me or my parents, but I was there saying I could be one of the best basketball players in the city. And I was in grade eight, and I and I can totally picture what he looks like. And it was, he was a coach at a different school. He never was my coach, um, but that one comment. I can now remember based on what you just said, because they made you feel like you could do something more. And, you know, it makes me feel, uh, makes me reflect as we're having this conversation, you know, you and I talk quite a bit with our guy who's 19 months old and we, we do our best. We're not perfect to put our phones away when we're in his, you know, in his presence. But when he was first born as new parents, we were doing a lot of, you know, reading up on how to get this thing off on the right foot. And, you know, a lot of the, the stuff that we read, it really boils down to the, uh, the newborn needs to feel safe all the time. So when they wander away and they, well, they'll turn around and look to see if you're still there, that's a safety thing. And it just reminds me that that goes off at, at every age. I'm okay. I'm okay. You're making it okay for me is what kids feel, makes infants feel safe in the world. What makes kids feel safe with their parents, what makes them feel safe with teachers and in business with bosses and managers and in relationships like all of that it's it's just it's part of our dna and it just reminds me of or makes me think that if our kids were teenagers and you and i were having this conversation right now it would probably make me think i need to be more present with my kid or our kids right like put the devices away tv off whatever it may be um and just be with them give them your full attention because that, those moments have exponential impact than being in the same room and not paying attention. Mm, absolutely. So I would love to hear from, from our audience, you know, who made a difference in your life? Who, you know, if you reflected now, you might not think of them as a mentor in your teenage years, but who really made an impact, whether it was one fleeting comment, like that coach from another team for you, Chris, you know, who made you think differently about your potential, about your perspective of the world, your perspective of you in the world. I would love to hear um, from our audience. but I, And I'd also like to hear 
um, if anyone had any insight on how they're going to step up as a mentor, mm. because it made me think of, you know, how I interact with people, with the kids on our street, you know, with COVID right now, our, our world is pretty tight, you know, but it's the kids on our street that I see predominantly. Um, and I'd like to hear from, from you out there, you know, how are you going to step up or did it, or did this interview make you think about how you're stepping up in, in the kids' lives around you? Yeah. So yeah, please leave a comment on our, uh, our Facebook page or as a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time. Until next time. We want you to get the most of the time you've invested listening here. The show is only valuable if you apply what you learn. And most learning, as we know, is generated from reflection. So we'd love to hear from you and your reflections about what you learned or found interesting. Join the community and go to theignitionshow.com slash connect and let us know what struck you. What was it that you heard today that you really needed to hear today? You can leave us an audio message or join our Facebook group and participate in the conversation there, where we'd love to hear your comments or follow-up questions. As always, if you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave a review in Apple Podcasts. It helps others find us and helps us get better. We read every single review and comment that comes through Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and our website, and respond to as many people as we can. And lastly, remember, whatever you dream of, whatever you hope for, and secretly wish you had, You're closer than you think you are, you're meant to have it, and you absolutely deserve it. Until next time, I'm Chris Jansen, and this is The Ignition Show.